Welcome to the C3 Church Watson Podcast. Our vision is to connect you to Jesus, develop you as a follower of Christ, and empower you to build the church. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. So we are starting a uh, series, a new series today, and it's called Relation Slips. I can't slip because I've got rubber on my shoes, but you know what I mean. This series is all about relationships and how we can best avoid having relation slips. Slipping up and messing up our relationships. Relationships, in my opinion, are the most important things in our lives. They are more important than accumulating stuff, houses, possessions, shoes, watches, guitars, that's what I say to my husband, they're more important than guitars, honey. Um, They're more important than winning positions or roles or accolades or gifts. Relationships trump everything. You will have heard me say, probably in the past, relationships have the capacity to bring the most joy to our lives, but they also have the potential of bringing the most pain. And that's why every year we talk about how to have healthy relationships. We talk about how to grow in our relationships, how to change in our relationships, Paul has been married to a number of women over the last 32 years. And they've all been me. He's he's in kids' church, so I can say anything now. (laughs) (laughs) They've all been me. It's because God has, has us all on a journey and a process of transformation. And if we cooperate with him, if we keep choosing to turn up, And if we don't opt out, he changes us. Philippians 1.6 says that God who began a good work in you will complete it until the day of Christ. That means if we keep showing up, he will complete the work that he begins, which is great news. And that work that he does in us affects our relationships. See, Paul thought he was marrying a quiet, 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 shy, a shy, quiet fearful, needy woman. But he wasn't. Because God had other ideas. And God God changed me. It happened through cooperating with him. But I'm here to tell you today, it was hard work. He didn't just magically go... And there it was. No, there was a process of cooperating with him. 1 Corinthians 13, 11 says, When I was a child, I spoke, I thought, and reasoned as a child. But when I grew up, I put away childish things. This is a key in life generally, but especially in our relationships. To guard our relationships from relation slips, we have to grow up. This affects the way we think, it affects the way we speak, it affects the way we act. We put away those childish things, i.e., it's all about me. Actually, it's not. You are here to meet my needs, honey. 
feed me, entertain me, clean up after my mess. That's what children do, right? For every opportunity God gave and still gives me to grow, because I have a long way to go, I have a decision to make. Do I move forward? Do I stay where I am, not willing to change? Or do I run away? Do I opt out? Do I embrace what God is trying to do in me? And this morning, you have the same decision to make. Some of you, some of you here today are stuck because you refuse to allow God in to bring change in you. Can I encourage you, don't run away. It's worth continuing and allowing him to work in your life. It is worth it. Here's some good news for you. Here's this wonderful scripture that I love in 2 Peter, verse 1. It says, by his divine power, God has given us everything. Isn't that exciting? God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. You and I have everything we need to live a godly life. We are not stranded. We aren't left to our own devices and we aren't left without help and power. We have the power of God. The power of God to live a godly life. To grow up. To change. To have great relationships. So this morning I want to focus on how what we say can bring death or life to our relationships. My message this morning is called, What Did You Say? It's all about thinking before we speak. Not saying things like, oh, well, you're just hopeless. You'll never amount to anything. You can't do that. Why would you think that you could do that? James 3 talks about the importance of what we say and how it affects our lives. It, it talks about the tongue. The tongue is a biggie. It's not a word. I made it up right then. The tongue is, is very important in life, but especially in relationships. So we're going to look at the power of what we say. So I've looked up some statistics on the internet, so they're all 100% correct. You will know. You'll spend a fifth of your life talking. Some of you spend more than that. <laughs> In one year, your conversations will fill 66 books of 800 pages per book. That's a volume. If you're a man, you speak an average of 7,000 words a day. If you're a woman, you speak 20,000 words a day. <laughs> Where do they get these figures? That's what I want to know. How do they figure it? Do they just follow men around and count every word? Do they follow women around and count every word? I don't even know how they do it. But anyway, apparently that's the truth. I sometimes sit Paul down and say, honey, I have 5,000 more words. Are you ready? <laughs> I haven't got through my quota today. Actually, I don't do that because he'd laugh at me. Unfortunately, some of us are very skilled at saying the wrong thing at the wrong time. Here's a, an example. My best friend is a waitress. When sitting down a dish in front of a customer who happened to have prosthetic arms which was quite obvious, she exclaimed, watch your hands, the plate is very hot. No one's getting that. <laughs> it's pretty bad, hey? Our mouths can get us into lots of trouble. 
James 3 says this, Indeed, we all make many mistakes. Me. For if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. That's a big statement, isn't it? Controlling what we say is the pinnacle of self-control. Have you ever thought of that? If That's what it says. If we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. That must mean that controlling what we say is difficult, right? If we can control our mouth, it says, what, we, what comes out of our mouth, we're perfect. Not meaning we never make a mistake, but meaning we are mature. We're putting away childish things. A sign of maturity in life is that we've learnt to control our tongue. You know how people say, hold your tongue? You can't hold and you hold your tongue. It's very hard to speak when we're holding our tongue. So I have two points. We need to control our tongues, firstly, because our tongue can destroy what we have. James 3 says this, in the same way the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches, but a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. Who was in Canberra in 2003? Yep. Wasn't it just really eerie? It was pitch black. We were driving from Bega, Paul and I were on our anniversary, and our kids were in Canberra, and we were tr- going through Captain's Flat. We are trying to get back into Canberra. They had roadblocks everywhere, and I'm just like, I have to get to my children. <laughs> and it was pitch black in the middle of the day, and there was just this eerie, horrible feeling. And of course, what happened? Six, 500 homes were destroyed, Three people died through a tiny spark. Ash Wednesday in 1983, one fire overnight destroyed 600 miles of land, villages and livestock. And some of those fires were deliberately lit. The Bible says that our tongue can destroy what we have. It can destroy like that. Opening our mouth carelessly with what we say can cause irreparable damage. Just being careless with what we say can cause damage. I wonder how many people, because of careless words, have destroyed their marriage or a friendship or a reputation of someone else, you know, slandering other people, you know? It's a very important thing of what comes out of our mouth. Fire and words under control can give tremendous warmth and light. Who loves sitting around a fire? I love it. But fire and words out of control can be devastating. They can destroy miles and miles of home, land, and people. Proverbs 18 says this, you have to live with the consequences of everything you say. Isn't that good news? Matthew 12 says, and I tell you this, you must give an account on judgment day for every idle word you speak. We have to live with the consequences of everything we say. Who's ever said something and then wanted to grab those words? No, come back. I want them back. It's not that simple once they're out there. It's like the internet, once it's out there. How do you stop it? 
I remember um, when one of our children were, was about 13, I think, and we were um, chatting, and this child was telling me something, and I wasn't totally present, because parents sometimes do that. And I just threw away just a careless line. I just went, oh, and I didn't think anything more of it. But I tell you what, I thought a lot about it for the next five years when we were continually talking about it because of the effect that it had on this child. Words have power. And I regretted saying that. I mean, we're not all perfect, you know. But I regretted saying that. We have to give account for every careless word we say and we have to live with the consequences of what we say. Maybe you're sitting here today and you've had careless words said to you. I'm here to tell you today that God can heal that. He can heal any wound. He can pull out any arrow. And he can touch you and make you whole. Proverbs 21 says this, Watch your tongue and keep your mouth shut and you'll stay out of trouble. There you go. It's a lesson for today. Now, I'm not talking about never giving constructive or negative feedback to anyone. That's not what I'm saying. I'm talking about careless words. I'm not talking about wrapping people up in bubble wrap where they become too weak to hear the truth because we all need to hear the truth. I'm talking about careless words. I'm talking about destroying people with our words and being thoughtless. Our tongue can destroy what we have. That's the first point. The second point is our tongue displays who we are. For me, this is the crux of the matter. I think most people in the world today understand that we have to be careful about what we say because it can have a negative impact on others. But for me, the issue is what we say reveals who we are. It reveals our character. It reveals what's really going on inside of us. James 3 says this, sometimes it praises our Lord and Father and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God and so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, that's not right. Cursing here means to demean or belittle another person. Demeaning or belittling someone. Thank you, Jesus, I worship you forever, for eternity I'll sing. And we sing and we praise and then we get into the car and rip into someone. My brothers and sisters, this is not right. Mark and blackness come flowing out of us. It comes out of us because it's there. Matthew 12 says this, For whatever is in your heart determines what you say. Who's ever had someone say something to them that's quite cutting and then they go, I was only joking? I think, no, you weren't. You were not joking. You meant every word. You know, if we, are, if we have negativity coming out of our mouth continually, it's probably because we're very fearful and anxious inside. If we are boasting all the time and unable to compliment others, it's probably because we're feeling really insecure on site, inside. 
If we are really harsh with others, really harsh and, and hard with others, it's probably because we're feeling really angry inside. And so what I'm saying is that we have to deal with our stuff. We have to put away childish stuff and let God in. Let him in. Psalm 139 says this, Search me, O God. This is my prayer before God. Search me, God, and know me. Know my heart. Test me. Know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. We come to God. And we say, God, you search me because you know my heart. I don't even know my heart half the time. Search me and know me. Can you please, God, point out anything in me that offends you? That's a great prayer to say. Point out anything in me, God, that offends you, that needs to change. Because if I don't start sorting out my stuff, it's going to come out of me and it's going to affect and harm the people in my life that I love and I care about. That's what it's all about. Psalm 51 says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a loyal spirit within me. I need you, God, to change my heart. Create in me a clean heart. You are the one who can change me. Some of you here today, you know that what you are saying is damaging your relationships, and you have regret. God has an answer for you. He hasn't left you helpless. Remember how I said he gives us everything we need to live a godly life? Allow him in. Allow him to change you. Allow him to take the things that, that you don't need and fill you with what you do need. Allow him into your heart and your relationships. Psalm 141 says, Take control of what I say, O Lord, and guard my lips. That's a great verse to memorize. It's a great verse to, to say. It's a great prayer. God, today, before I do anything else, I want to ask you to take control of what I say. God, I want to ask you to guard my lips today. Don't let judgment come out. Don't let critical, you know, just, just do, help me, God. Psalm 19 says this, May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Because if the meditation of our heart is pleasing to God, we have a much better chance of the words that come out of our mouth being right. And the last thing, you guys can, the band, you can come up now. I'm going to finish up momentarily. The last thing I want to say is... Before we say anything, we need to engage our mind before, before we put our mouth into gear. You know when you're driving a car and you have to put it in gear before you take off? We have to engage our mind before we start to speak. Sometimes we say, oh man, I didn't think exactly. That's the point. We have to start thinking before we speak. It says it here in James 1. Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must be 
quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Most often we are slow to listen, quick to speak, and therefore quick to become angry. That's the order. First, be quick to listen. That means we listen to what someone is really saying. Not what we think they're saying, what they're really saying. When we're not just waiting for them, I wish they would stop speaking so I could say what I want to say. If they would just draw a breath, then I could just get in there with what I want to say. No, it's not about that. It's about wait, stop. Be quick to listen, the Bible says. Quick to listen. Had this situation, and I talked about this with Paul. He knows I'm going to say it, and he's not the only one that ever does this. I do it as well. We had this funny situation years ago, um, where I was just talking as I do, and just giving him a whole heap of information. And, and I, I stopped and I turned to him and I said, "So, hun, what do you think?" And he looked at me, and his eyes went really wide. <laughs> And he looked, I thought, wow, he looks really guilty. What's, what's he done? And he just looked at me and he said, babe, I wasn't listening to a word you said. Any other married couples ever can relate to that? It could have been the opposite. No, none of you, none of you, none of you men know what that means, to not listen. I've got to say, I'm as bad as he is. I'm as bad as he is. It could have been the roles reversed right then. Be quick to hear. Which means really listen because sometimes people are saying a lot more than they're saying. If we can get beyond the defensiveness or the anger or whatever is, is blocking the conversation and, and even put ourselves in their shoes, that's a good one. Often they are free to share and healing comes. And then be slow to speak. Think about what you're going to say before you say it. Think about it. Should I be saying this? Should I be saying it like that? Should I change my tone? That's my one. I need to change my tone. Ask questions. Try to understand. The result will be healthier relationships, less relation slips, because relationships thrive on what we say. They also thrive on what we do, but today we're talking about what we say. Relationships, your relationships thrive on what you say. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our church, find us online at c3churchwatson.com.au. We hope to see you in church again this weekend.